0: Well, good morning, Arizona. Happy Sunday. Uh, while the temperatures are a little beautiful, the skies are a little dusty out there this morning, but uh, hey, we'll live with it. What a forecast. No day is supposed to be over 100 here for a while, and that's uh, that's kind of beautiful. And uh, fall is here, and fall is our spring in the desert. You know, it's a time of year that uh, we get out and plant and enjoy it after we've been through the summer. In other places, they, they face off with a long, cold winter. Here, it's a long, hot summer, but uh Oh, it was only miserable for about a month and a half. You know, other than that, it was kind of normal. And as you heard from Troy, the rain was a little short. But, you know, there's always next year. You know, we're, we're optimists. We're farmers. But there's always wide-open phones, too. So if you'd like to be the first caller today, give us a call. 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to plant, how to plant it, where to plant why to plan it? Um, if, if you're doing something different at home, we're all here to learn. There's lots of styles, lots of ways to do things. And, uh, you know, in gardening, there's not al- always right and wrong. And if we don't try, it's kind of like cooking. If we don't try something a little different, something a little unique, we never have the opportunity to learn these things. And and just like in you know, cooking, we learn by our fa- failures. You know, if you don't over-season something once in a while or serve it a little rare or a little overdone, you know, you're just not trying. But uh, with practice comes you know, better, better experiences, and so it's a, it's a fun time to plant all kinds of things. So if you have never planted a vegetable garden, you can certainly do that right now. And our fall season here is good for all the green crops and a lot of the root crops. So if you want to grow garlic, you, know, you want to keep the werewolves away, Halloween's on the way, so plant your garlic now. You won't have it harvested for this year, but you can save it for next year. But garlic, onions, radishes, carrots, uh, radishes, if, you, if you've never gardened before and you want something easy and fun to grow, it's hard to beat radishes and some of us actually love the things. But uh, whatever your dreams are, whatever your passions, give us a call here at 602-277-5827 and uh, we can talk about uh, how, to, how to do it. See, so we'll take our first caller this morning and I don't see a name yet, but I'm just going to take you hot. Good morning. Welcome to the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Oh, this is Rod. Hey, Rod, how are you?
1: I'm doing fine. I had uh, bought some blackberries from you last spring, and I'm just wondering what to do with them. They're vining all over the place. Do I need to trim them back? Do I need to reinforce them? What's what's the story?
0: So you just have a big wild bush growing, just natural, on natural. Okay. So if you know what, what the best way to grow them that I found is, we grow them like on a hog wire fence, you know, like an animal fence. Uh, with a couple stakes in there, train them up the fence. It makes it easier to separate the berries and the fruit. And if you'll get, you know, a four- or five-foot wire and start the wire about a foot to 18 inches off the ground, get some posts that you can drive in the ground like uh, T-post, you know, like eight-foot T-post, even if you can get them, at least six-footers. And just run them right up that wire, spread them out and train them up the wire for this year. First year, you really don't want to do a whole lot of pruning right now. Just get them kind of formed up on the wires and you would be fine. And uh, they'll really grow next year, so it's it's not a problem at all. And uh, you get so a huge. So it's kind of along the same lines as, as grapes. Pretty much, but grapes you're going to prune back a lot harder. You know, grapes right. once you have them into production, you're really going to cut them way back, so you get bigger, better clusters of grapes. For blackberries, kind of long, you know, flower all over the whole plant.
1: How long are they going to run? I mean, I've, I've got some of them; they're like three or four foot long already.
0: Oh, they'll run as much as you let them. I mean, I've I've been a, you know basically tagging Christmas trees up in Oregon with wild blackberries, and there's yeah. there's shoots out there twenty and thirty feet long, so they they'll get big. Okay. But, but we well, got gonna,
2: blackberries already the first year, you know, that's from, from your store. Well, so these Arkansas blackberries,
0: that you know, they're really uh, far superior and not having all the thorns that I deal with on the old ones at my house. You know, mine, the goats get a lot of them because I don't cut them back far enough some years, but the goats enjoy them as well. But at any rate, no, if you'll just trellis them out, just kind of spread them out, build some kind of a structure, you're going to get berries easier to harvest from the bottom to the top. And uh, where grape, grapes kind of grow underneath the canopy in the top, these you're going to trim them more flat and uh, you'll get plenty of berries. Okay. Appreciate we, it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, let's see. Good morning. Welcome to the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show.
3: Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, yes, this is Dave from Tempe. Hi, Dave. Uh, hi. How are you today? Wonderful. Good. On the 15th of September, your crew from Gilbert planted an ironwood tree for us. And I'm just wondering now, what should the water frequency be for that since it's getting cooler and the days are getting shorter? What size was it? It was a 36-inch pot.
0: Okay, so it was probably grown in all organic soil mix. So right now about once a week. And you you can keep that up through, you know, because it's really a pretty good growing time still for ironwoods. They they grow the best here once it gets humid. We haven't been that humid for a while. But with the moderate temperatures cooling a little, it's still plenty warm in the afternoons. uh, They're going to continue to grow for the rest of the month. And then they're pretty dormant. They're still evergreen in in, uh, November, but they're pretty dormant. So at that time, I would change it to every two weeks. Uh, and because it's a new tree, I'd probably continue the watering through the winter. If it mm-hmm. were one that were established, I wouldn't water at all after the you know first or second week of uh, November. But because it's a young, new tree, keep up the watering every two weeks from November, December, January.
3: Okay. And then when they planted it, they put some, I believe it was fertilizer. Yeah, tabs fertilizer tabs bottom. that
0: we put in. Uh-huh.
3: Uh, Now, those were at the very bottom. Should I do any fertilizing on top at this time? You know, it's getting a
0: little late. When it's really going to make the most difference, really growing your ironwood tree, is fertilizing Mm -hmm. it next summer. So you might fertilize it lightly in May. But if you'll fertilize it fairly heavy, uh, you know, typical monsoon start time, like the end of June, 1st of July. And -hmm. then you could do that July, August, September. And it'll do 90% of its growth for the year somewhere between May and October.
3: Okay. Great, I got that. And then one question: uh, the Katie Ruellia. Mm-hmm. How? I've had trouble with those. It always seems I like get some kind of fungus or some. Are they very hardy or?
0: Well, they're not real, near as hardy as the Britannicus. Okay. Right, or, or, they or, don't spread like the regular ones. But, or but. the Peninsularis. I mean, they're they are just a little more delicate of a plant. You know, even mm-hmm. growing them in the nursery, they're, they're not hard to grow, but they're
3: more problematic than the other Ruellia species are. Okay, great. That's what I found, but I thought I'd ask your expertise. No, okay, well, it's not my expertise. So much,
0: it's just my experience. Okay. <laughs> I've killed a few. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: Have a great day. Hey, thank
0: you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got a couple open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
3: Crazy, I am crazy for feeling so lonely. I
4: am crazy, crazy for. i crazy for crying and I'm crazy for loving you.
0: Well, welcome back, folks. A beautiful Sunday morning and crazy. hard to beat Miss Patsy Klein. We do have uh, four Our lines available. We've had a few grim ones this morning, so if you didn't get right through when you called, uh, just give us a call back at 602 277 5827. 277 K T A R. Dick and Chandler. Good morning,
3: Dick.
1: Good morning, Brian. Love your show. Um, I'm, I have a very large uh, mature pecan in my backyard, mm-hmm. and it's, de- it's developing like black spots on the leaves, and the margins are browning and falling off, and I'm afraid it's on the way down and wondering what it might be and what, how I can treat it.
0: Well, black spots could be a little sign of a little fungus, but um, usually not too big a problem on pecans. Have you ever given any zinc? Uh, No, I haven't. Okay. It's pretty hard to do to actually get it into a big tree. Commercially, it's done by spraying it on the foliage with a chelated zinc as an application. But Mm -hmm. uh, for home purposes, is it flood-irrigated, Dick, or is it watered with bubblers or drip, or how is it watered? It's flood irrigated
1: every two weeks.
0: Okay. So what you want to do is go out and pick up some zinc, zinc sulfate. And for a big tree, you'd probably want to get at least 10 pounds, okay? And poke some holes in about halfway between the edge of the canopy and the trunk. So go out about half the spread in the canopy and just go around the hole. And if you got like a sharpshooter, like a long pointy shovel, you can open some bigger holes in, open up some holes. It would be great if you can get it down, you know, at least 10 inches deep because that gets it past all the lawn. But you want to put it in several holes because it doesn't break down that easy. And it's, it doesn't break down even with our flood irrigation. So what you want to do is put several holes around the tree, and that would probably help. But then it wouldn't be a bad idea you know, this time of year, just one last shot of fertilizer. You know, it's only going to grow for another month, and then it's going to go to the sticky season and start losing its leaves. But what we're doing is really setting it up for next spring when it comes out. You know, and as you know, pecans don't even leaf out really until uh, about the end of March. But all these things that you're right. doing right now are really to set it up for next year. And I would do the zinc for sure right now, and then on the— uh, The citrus fertilizer, the best time to do that probably be February, so it gets down in really well. But if you'd come back Uh and put it in the same way, the lawn won't get it. So it would be the same thing. Do you get a pretty good deep irrigation where you are, Dick? Yes. Okay. So if, if, if you'll do that, I think those things will clear it up by next spring.
1: Okay, um, someone suggested like spraying like neem oil on the foliage.
0: Well, what happens? They also get an aphid on them, and they get real sticky, and that. But that's a completely different thing. And if you're going to eat the pecans, you don't want to use a systemic uh, insecticide on it. I mean, if if it's a wild pecan, and you're not going to eat the fruit. Uh, then you could put down imidacloprid right now before your next irrigation, and that goes into the tree's system and makes it toxic to the aphids, and you won't have all the sticky mess underneath them. So you could okay. do that if if you're not going to harvest the nuts. But if you're harvesting the nuts, I wouldn't put a chemical into the food I was going to eat. You kind of yeah, just it, deal with it, a little
1: it's sticky. It's really it's really not producing a lot of nuts right now, so I think. Well, it's thick.
0: if if you're not not worried about the nuts for this year, you could go ahead and get some bear. Um, it's like a bear tree um, insect control, okay, and it comes in blue um, and silver cans. And it can say mm-hmm. different things on it. But, you know, basically with that, before your next irrigation, you'd probably put down about a gallon on a big pecan tree, dispersed with a watering bucket all under the base of the canopy. And uh, when -hmm. you you water that in, it goes into the tree system, and it'll kill the aphids. And so you won't have the the sticky leaf drop. You'd want to do that, though, your very next irrigation. Don't waste any time because it's got to get up in the tree system now before the aphids come. And the aphids come when the weather changes, and it's looking pretty nice out there to me now, Dick. So if you want to stop the aphids and stop the stickiness, uh, do that right away. But at the same time, go ahead and put the zinc in and fertilize it this spring. It'll probably come back a lot better. All right. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's see. Tony in North Phoenix is up next. After Tony, it's wide open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Tony. Hey, good morning,
5: Brian. I have a question about red push pistachio. We're considering putting one in our yard, but we have flood irrigation, and I always hear you talk about those getting a problem with too
0: much water. Well, but you know what? Flood irrigation is ideal. So if you plant them, uh, water them in really well one time, settle all the soil around them, and then just flood irrigate them. Uh, no extra additional water for their whole lifespan, and they'll be fine. You might, you know, because if you're going to plant them this time of year, which is a good time, you might water them once or twice this winter, you know, pretty heavy. But after this first year, and really we don't have much of a fungus problem with them in the winter. It's only in the summer anyway. But uh, you can, you know, water them every couple of weeks this winter. But they just do marvelous on flood irrigation. And uh, we have some in our own yard. And one of the easiest trees I've ever planted, we put one in kind of a raised planter bed. And we watered it the first time. We never watered the tree again. And because it had to root down into the irrigation, it was a little slow to get started. But it's a beast right now and uh, really healthy. And it's by far one of our favorite trees for the cleanliness, uh, just dropping the leaves once, you know, once a year.
5: Oh, we just love how they look. Uh, I just was curious about it because this, this ground stays pretty wet for at least a week after the irrigation. Yeah.
0: So. I think I know who you are, Tony. You're over around, what, 15th Avenue and Northern, right? Uh, yeah, 7th Avenue and North and Northern, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's that's uh, pretty heavy ground in some of those places. But that's great. You know, that's not going to be a problem as long as you don't give it any extra water. It's just, you know, like having right. sweaty feet and athlete's feet. It's staying wet all the time. It's a problem. As long as they dry out in between, it'll be okay. Great. Well appreciate the advice. Thanks, Tony. Bye bye. Uh Jerry and Sunny Slope. Morning, Jerry.
2: Hey, bro. This is uh yeah, we bought a tree from you guys' Whitfield right down the block here. Uh-huh. You know, we know your mom from way back. My wife does. We used to work my wife used to work at Sunny uh Country Market. Cool. She, oh, right down there in the
0: corner, what? yeah. Well, you know, that was right at the edge of my yeah, desert but- my, my lizard hunting grounds before those apartments were built behind it. So I'm very familiar with that yeah. area.
2: <laughs> yeah. um My question is: We bought an ash tree from you guys, and uh, the leaves all turn brown on the edges.
0: Okay, that's yes.
2: Even some of the newer, even some of the newer ones. How long has it been planted, Jerry? A uh, little, about little over a year.
0: Okay. I would, I would fertilize it right now. Um, but it could be that you had. Have you, have you fertilized it a lot? No. Okay. I, have a, bur- I put
2: you know, cow shit on it, but I put uh, cow poop on it. But, okay.
0: Well, that was probably pretty yeah. salty. So the cow poop that you got had a lot of salt in it. And what happens when the tree gets dry in the summertime, uh, because our water's a little salty and and the manure is a little small salty, um, that goes up and gets pushed at the end of the leaf, and the end of the leaf gets what's called a salt burn, and it's from the salt. So.
2: Well, I only put lot on, that. I only put the cow poop on there once. Well, you're fixing your fishing. How recently? Uh, just last weekend. Okay. It like, well, the, the, it, it's the, been like this for... Yeah, okay, um, you've, you've been better off with it. The, with the, the...
0: Okay, so what we need to do is we need to leach it out. You know, somehow you got too much salt in your soil. So put a hose or like, well, yeah. is it in a, a well just in rock or do you have lawn around it? Or what's around it, Jerry?
2: Well, I started putting a, um, pipes in the ground to where I could water deep. Mm-hmm. Well it, it, you don't need I pipes in the, you don't need
0: pipes in the ground to water a deep and sunny slope because our ground's going to percolate really well right where you're at so you're right you're right down yeah. by 12th
2: street right I'm over on 14th Street in Purdue.
0: in Purdue okay so you're up the mountain a little further did you have caliche when it was planted yeah.
2: was it real rocky? Well, it depends. Yeah, it gets it gets to be I went down 2 feet on one of the pipes. I just started putting the Well, yeah, the, on one the, the, so the pipes
0: the pipes aren't going to necessarily make a difference cuz most of that ground when you water, does the water go down pretty
2: fast? It, it yeah. To okay. A certain extent, yeah.
0: So pre- pretty much the difference is up there on the hill. That ground's going to drain really fast. So you really don't need to put pipes in at all. Save yourself the work. And but what you do need to do is you need to fer- you need to water a lot more frequently than most people do, because the water grows right you through do. the rock. Yeah. So you need to water probably a minimum of twice a week. And uh, what I would do with yeah. it right now is well, the cow manure is not going to do much for it. I would grab some citrus fertilizer, and if you stop by the nursery and see my mom or somebody, they'll just give you some and put some citrus fertilizer around it and water it in real heavy because right now is the time it can push out new growth and come back for the next five or six weeks. So you want to get it happy now before it loses its leaves this winter. So I would use like a yeah, synthetic fertile.
5: Yeah. yeah,
0: I know it's an ash tree, but it's gonna grow this month. Okay? okay. They don't they don't grow in the summertime. Okay. So ash trees, especially like a fantex, which it probably is or Fan West, they're gonna do all their growing in the spring from when they leaf out until May, and then they pretty much stop and then they'll start again right now because the weather's changed and they'll grow for the next five or six weeks and that's it for the year. So what we need to do is get on it right mm-hmm. away. So A little bit of regular fertilizer, like a citrus food right now. Okay. Do that. And then water it real heavy twice a week. And keep in mind, the water's running right through, so it's going to take your fertilizer through. And you could actually fertilize it lightly again with that same type of fertilizer in about a month. And then start fertilizing it again before it leaves out next spring in the middle of uh, February. But those regular okay. summer irrigations twice a week heavy, and especially as hot as it was this year, are going to be required to keep it happy. But if we'll get it happy now, it'll grow right out and come out fine.
2: Yeah, because uh, my wife, when I was digging that first that pipe, I went down two feet and dirt was wet all the way down Okay. So.
0: Well, I, you can't so keep it.
2: we can water it pretty deep. Yeah,
0: well, okay. If, oh. if it was wet that deep, then that's pl- okay. plenty wet, so you don't need to change your watering. But I would fertilize it, okay, right on the top okay. with some regular, like, citrus food and let it take that up and see if you push okay. those leaves out and kind of green up. But the manure, manure, in a general idea, it kind of is good for building up soil and things, but also it can be kind of salty. So we really don't recommend it, especially for a tree that's
3: sick.
2: Okay, I'll All pull right. it out of there, and I'll go get some pictures. Do you guys open today? No. We we're open from 10 to 4. Okay, I'll head down a bit. Thank
0: you, sir. All right, we'll see you then, Jerry. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We're going to have to take a short break and find out what's happening. We got Troy Barrett coming in with the news. In the meantime, we've got four lines available. Number to call 602 277 5827. 277 KTAR. We're going to come in with Marty and North Mesa, and you could be next on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3
4: FM KTAR. I woke up Sunday morning With no way to hold my head didn't hurt And the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad So I had one more for dessert Then I fumbled through my closet for my clothes and found my cleanest dirty shirt. And I shaved my face and combed my hair and stumbled down the stairs to meet the day. I'd smoke my brain the night before On cigarettes and songs that I'd been picking But I lit my first and watched a small kid Cousin at a can that he was kicking Then I crossed the empty street Caught the Sunday smell of someone frying chicken, and it took me back to something that I'd lost somehow, somewhere along the way. On the Sunday morning sidewalks, wishing Lord that I was stone. There's something in a Sunday Makes a body feel alone And there's nothing short of dying Half as lonesome as the sound On the sleeping city sidewalks Sunday morning, coming down. Arizona, welcome back.
0: Beautiful morning out there. We do have one line available. We'll give Brandon a call at 602-277-5827. Marty in North Mesa. Good morning, Marty. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. Well, it's a little cooler. It's a little dusty out there, but a little cooler. <laughs> it is.
1: Uh, I have a problem. I have flood irrigation. I live in North Mason, not quite into Lehigh, but just about a little bit south of there, south of McKellips Road. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a problem in that I get these weird mushrooms growing in my yard, uh, flood irrigation.
0: Okay. Well, you know, there there are a lot of fungus and mushrooms. And, you know, this. It's even as dry as this year was, there seems to be as many or more than this year, you can spray the lawn and kill them if you like, and it's not hard to do. Uh, and these are big flat ones, or are these little rounder ones?
2: These are little round ones, white, oh, and then when, when yeah. I hit with the lawnmower, they explode into like black powder.
0: Yeah, you're supposed to hit those over the neighbor's fence, you know, fence with a wedge. That's more fun. Oh. You know, just, just, <laughs> just, just share them around the neighborhood. But no, if you'd like to take them out, you can spray with Monterey Disease Control. How many? Do you have how big's your lot?
1: Uh, it's about uh, 10,000 square feet.
0: Okay, yeah. So you could just pick up some Monterey disease control. You can spray out there on the lawn. And what that is is a bacteria that eats fungus, and it'll eat those little toadstools, and it'll be gone. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Marty. Bye-bye. Uh, Jorge and Gilbert, good morning, Jorge.
2: Good morning, Brian. How are you, sir? Uh, very good. Thank you. How about you?
0: Oh, enjoying the weather. It's a nice change. It, it is beautiful. It is
5: beautiful. It's so beautiful. I have a, a plum tree. Uh, I planted back on uh, on um, March, uh-huh. and it really struggles during the summertime. Uh, but now it's uh, my my uh, plum tree thinks it's springtime and uh, it's sprouting really nicely. But it's uh, flowering too. I'm gonna make uh, sure I make it strong for next summer. What what can I do to
0: You know, now's a great time to feed it, Jorge. And, um, because it's really, it's got about five or six weeks to get some really nice growth on it now before it stops growing for the winter. Those flowers may even set a little fruit, but they probably won't ripen. But, uh, it's oh. fun. You know, with citrus, sometimes they'll flower like after a hot summer like that, and some of those will set with yeah. lemons and limes. But with the plum tree, I don't think they will. But in the meantime, whatever you could do to get as healthy, help, yeah, healthy and happy as possible. So feeding it with a good balanced fertilizer like the OrganoPro Citrus Food or, or just a balanced fertilizer that has zinc and manganese and iron, and all those things that could even be a 10-10-10 would be perfect for right, right. now.
5: Perfect. Well, I will do that. I've been uh, babying that thing for the whole
0: summer. Well, if okay. it's if it's made it through the summer and it's putting out growth now, you know, there's next year coming pretty soon, spring probably some flowers early and some fruit.
5: I hope so. Well, thank you for your help.
0: Thanks, having I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Uh, Jeff in Phoenix. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Enjoying the
2: morning. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Mike, I have a question, please. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just ground down my lawn. You know, to for the get rid of the Bermuda, and the seeded for the new ryegrass for the winter. Is there anything I can do to keep the birds from eating every last one of them? You know, something I can sprinkle on top or something.
0: Well, I mean, what the, I the traditional thing to do is cover it in cow manure. You know, and that okay. doesn't necessarily win a lot of friends. But you can buy a topper too, which is like a mulch. But anything you could do to hide the seeds going to help. And um, you know, dove season was a little light this year, so you know you're probably helping us out, and those hunters for (laughs) next year. But uh, oh, good. But (laughs) no, uh, no. Anything you do to cover, it's gonna gonna help a lot. And okay,
2: uh, so the cow keeps the birds away. They don't like it, obviously.
0: Well, no, they really Um, can't. They can't find the seed as easy. You know, the idea is it covers up the seed. You know, and birds are okay. feeding on, on all the seed just right on the surface, and that you know that's why there's so many quail in the desert because it was so wet last winter. And you know, there's still mm-hmm. lots of mustard seed and feed out in the desert, but you know, in our lawns, it's just you know we're we're giving them this big plate of caviar. I mean, this is like okay, come here and eat all you want. You know, exactly. And, uh, so if you'll cover the seed, it will help you. Okay, we'll do. All right, good yeah. luck, Jeff.
2: Thanks so much,
0: bye. Bye, bye. Uh, Elaine in Peoria is up next. Good morning, Miss
6: Elaine. Hi, happy Sunday as usual. You, I think you're my addiction. I don't know. I have to call every weekend. Well, you know, I,
0: I got to say Elaine, you are one of the few people who does call every week.
6: <laughs> well, I wanted to change my name so you didn't. I didn't. You didn't think I called so much. But I don't you, you, you can
0: always do that. But some of us might recognize your voice as well.
6: <laughs> so anyhow, I've been working with my mushroom compact post, and I put in blood meal. And I put in uh, something else, I can't remember. But I didn't have any bone meal, so I still need to add bone meal. Is that correct? I can use both of those? Well,
0: it's going to give you more phosphorus, so it would be good. You know, and it, it does, okay, it, it is something good to add to your compost.
6: Okay, and then next week I'm going to start fertilizing with fish oil and B1. I read a bit about B1, and this thing that it not, doesn't do anything.
0: Well, it's, it, it's not as advantageous because of the concentration you buy, and it's not really that great anyway. It's not near as good, good a product as like Super Thrive is because it doesn't have the other vitamins.
6: Yeah, I'm using – oh, and Super Thrive is going on everything. Yeah, well, yeah but there's no, like, there, there's,
0: there's no reason to use the B1 if you're using Super Thrive.
6: Good. Okay. And then um my I put um a bucket of chicken poop in my compost and you know more stuff and a bag of mushrooms. I cannot get that thing to go up above ninety eight.
0: Well, how how much moisture do you have and how large is your pile?
6: Well, um it's in a roller, it's okay. in one of those
0: rollers. Uh huh.
6: And it's um, you know, I, I wet it down every Monday.
0: Okay. Well, w- w- I wouldn't put any more nitrogen in than you have. If you've already added some chicken manure, it, you know, it's going to come out pretty hot anyway. Um it might oh, not I just be-
6: added one small bucket.
0: Okay, but how you know how many how much material does your thing hold? Does it hold a yard, you know? I mean how how much it probably doesn't hold oh, a I yard. Know huge. So you well, okay. Well, it's that's huge. I wouldn't put any more additives. If you've already put the chicken manure and forget the bone meal, um let's not put okay. anything else into it, okay? let's not okay. turn now are you letting it sit for a while or are you turning it all every day
6: i turn it about every other day okay maybe let it
0: sit a little long, longer in between turning okay put your moisture oh, in it okay. turn it all up and then let it sit and it should build some more heat you know i've, I've okay. never worked in a pile that small but um at any rate i i, I think you've got plenty of nitrogen i'd be afraid you put too much in
6: And then uh, I, you know, you need to, I have a thing. I strain it through and everything when I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. But can that stuff last a long time without using it?
0: Absolutely. When compost is broken down and mature and ripe, it'll, you can just stack it up. It's fine.
6: Okay. Very good. You've answered all my questions as usual.
0: Well, good luck, Elaine. Take care.
6: Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Uh, let's see, next we've got Pam and Sun Lakes, but after Pam, it's wide open. Give Brandon a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Pam. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning. It's I, I am here in Sunny Slope, which is my favorite place right where I was found. And uh, it's a little, the clouds are pretty. The mountains are pretty. And it's a little hazy, though.
7: In the coolest day so far. <laughs> well, in
0: a while. <laughs>
7: <laughs> so citrus trees are struggling after this long heat, and I got them some Super Thrive. Could you give me some parameters I can see how the how to mix it? But it doesn't tell you should I give the trees a gallon. Of well, here's the th-
0: here's the thing with the Super Thrive. I mean, that's vitamins and hormones, and that's good stuff. But have you fertilized?
7: I need to do that today, too.
0: Yeah, the fertilizer is going to be more critical than the Super Thrive right now because the weather is perfect for them to grow. And you should get a lot of growth. 100 degrees in the daytime and 70 at night is the most perfect, ideal temperature for citrus there is. So... Fertilize them right now and fertilize them with, you know, like a good balanced citrus fertilizer. We have one called Organo Pro that we're pretty happy with. But as long as they've got iron and sulfur and they're a balanced fertilizer, they're going to help a lot. The most important ingredient is the first number, the nitrogen. How large are your trees?
3: Um,
7: they're geriatric. They're like 30 years old. Okay, they're, so you want to put large. on
0: probably a minimum of five pounds per tree. Got it. Okay, and you could just sprinkle that. Do you have wells? Do you have bubblers or drip? Or how do you water
7: With drip or bubblers. Okay, so if you have
0: a well, just fill up the well. And a well. Put your your fertilizer down, hose it in, kind of break it down some, okay? Flood the well. Flood it again the next day. So we've got two good irrigations, so we're helping the fertilizer to break down and get in the soil because now we're in a hurry. Now the days are getting shorter, and we want to get our fertilizer in right away. And uh, with that Super Thrive, if you'll take about a half an ounce Or even just take an ounce per five gallons of water and put that on each tree. That's a huge shot of Super Thrive. Okay, and you can do that all as part of the same process. And with this weather, realistically, they should jump. You should pop new buds out, you know, within a few days.
7: Wonderful. And I'm holding a leaf here that is like perfectly brown down to the middle.
0: Well, it, it was it was it was a rough summer, but what we got to do is we've got to get some new growth out, and then on our watering pattern on those big trees for right now, at the maximums once a week, but really heavy. Okay, so you got to get the water down 18 inches, two feet deep. Most of the citrus roots are in the top two feet, but if you can really get them, you know, soaked and get that fertilizer pushed into them, the trees are just going to think you're the most perfect woman that ever existed on the planet. <laughs>
7: I wish somebody else would, too. No, I'm just teasing. Um, That's awesome. I'm going to listen to this over and over again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's easy on the podcast. And Brandon will have it downloaded here before lunch. Hey, have a nice day. Thanks for the call.
7: You too, Brian.
0: Bye, Pam. Mike uh, North Phoenix will be next, but first we have to take a short break. The number to call during the break uh, for Mr. Brandon, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. You know what, if we were going to plant a tree someday, that may never come either. You know, now is the perfect time to plant trees come out and see us at Whitfield Nursery, you don't even have to do the digging. You know, at Whitfield's, we started growing trees here in the Valley back in the, with my grandparents back in the 1940s. I wasn't around then. But uh, we are here today, and we we're here for four generations. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. No jobs too big, no jobs too small. And we're Arizona's largest grower of landscape palm trees. Uh, one of our Arizona's largest growers of shade trees, uh, citrus trees. We grow it all right here in the state. And now we're spread out. We have stuff from Yuma, all the way up to the mountains up by Sholo and Taylor, you know, down into the deserts in Pinell County by a little town called Stanfield. So we, we spread out our growing areas so we grow the best in different regions. But If you need them anywhere in the state, uh, come out and see us. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. No jobs too big. None's too small. And if you need 1,000 palm trees, we got them. If you're looking for some wonderful citrus, we've got some of those beautiful 15-gallon citrus that we've ever had. Really nice crop, especially lemons and limes. But uh, you don't have to wait for those little tiny trees that are two foot tall. You know, our our 15-gallon lemon trees are going to be six to eight foot tall and are loaded with lemons already. You can plant them and enjoy a crop this year. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, just straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. From beautiful Swan Hill fruited olive trees to ironwood trees to American mesquites to Palo Verdes, whatever your dream might be, Great time to plant trees like ash, elms, and pistachios right now. Come out and see us at Whitfield Nursery. Uh, Melanie in Scottsdale, good morning.
6: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Very clearly.
6: Oh, great. Um, I, My lawn, I've been in the house about 10 years, and my, my lawn during the winter was always beautiful, but... As time's gone on, the, the soil is more like clay now. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what I can add to it. Um, I'm thinking about rotosilling the whole thing and then adding, trying to add something to it to kind of stop that.
0: Well, gypsum will really help. And gypsum, okay. you can spread on top. It's powdered gypsum we sell mostly now, and it's pretty soluble. Uh, you spread it on okay. top, raking it. Are you going to plant a winter lawn? Yes. Okay. So what I, I probably would just mow it short. I, you go ahead and spread the gypsum on right now would be a good idea. You could even you know, put it on for a week or so before you plant your seed and just water okay. it in real good and rake it and water it in. And it'll really help soften up the soil. And then it, it, as we okay. go forward in the future, if you want to use some more organic-type fertilizers like malarganite to help build the soil up and uh, make okay. the soil healthier.
6: Okay, that would be great. Yeah, it's gotten really hard at this point. So, <laughs> Well,
0: the, the gypsum really helps. Now, the, the, the thing that you could do with it, though, is you could go out and run an aerator. And what an aerator does, it cuts little plugs in the ground, you know, about yeah. an inch and a half deep. And that would really help, too, before you put your gypsum and your seed down. And it would be a lot oh, easier than idea. rototilling, and you wouldn't have to re-level or anything.
6: Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's a great idea. I think I'll, I think I'll do that maybe today.
0: All right. Thanks, Melanie. <laughs>
6: You're welcome. Have a good
0: day. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike in North Phoenix. Good morning, Michael. Hi, Brian. How are you?
7: Great.
5: Not much better than listening to a little John Fogarty and CCR on the break <laughs> there, I got to tell you.
0: Yeah, you know, I hadn't heard that song for a while, so that's why, that's why that one popped either. up today.
5: That's cool. Hey, uh, I've I just torn all my landscaping out in my front yard. I've got a very small front yard and landscaping that was there. had been there about 25 years and it just gotten a little too big for a small yard um i'm gonna go ahead and just do a you know kind of a desert landscape i want to use maybe an ocotillo as my centerpiece and a few golden barrels and things like that in there i know that our our warm weather is a little bit behind us now and cold's coming up anything i need to be aware of
0: no you know what now now is actually a really good time to plant um because everything gets established you know before it gets cold And you've got about six weeks or so for plants to really root out and establish. And we've got some really nice Ocotillos growing in containers that have been rooted out for a couple years. Oh, okay. So it's not one of
5: those bare root types.
0: Well, it's a big advantage to plant one in a container. You know, bare root ones can work or not work, but the ones in containers are pretty reliable. And uh, so we can do those. And there's a lot of fun desert plants if, you know, you're kind of getting into a new era there that you can play with and— We even have an Ocotillo called the eye Ocotillo, which is one that comes from Mexico. It's not like our native Ocotillo here in Arizona, but it grows short and bushy, and it blooms a lot longer, and it maintains its foliage longer. But, you know, for an anchor plant, if you want the Ocotillo to be anchor, I would just stay with our native, and uh, that would be a lot better choice.
5: Okay. Anything specific with the Ocotillo that I want to do? Early on, I've I've, led, I've read some things online about, you know, just sort of spring the...
0: Well, you really don't need to plant. do all that, Mike. The advantage when you plant one that's been rooted out in a container is uh-huh. you just plant in the container and put it on your drip system with everything else and it's fine. And uh, you you don't have to have a drip system. But, you know, like this past summer, a lot of desert plants really suffered, even died, especially like golden barrels and things because they didn't have enough water. So I would definitely recommend with a new uh, installation, putting a drip system in. And that way you don't have to use it all the time. You can, you know, after, after this first year, you can probably just shut it off for the winter almost every year. But you'll have it available for the summer with the timer so that when you decide to get out of here next year in July, your plants can still get water. That sounds like a great deal. All
5: thank- right, thank you so much for your your time, Brian. You Thanks, a great Mike. Day.
0: You too. Bye bye. Uh, let's see next. Dennis
2: and Glendale. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Brian. I have uh, I want to plant uh, some some what time an we'll alternate have? to Bermuda uh, alongside the east side of my olive tree where I can't grow any grass, and I was thinking about putting some dichondra down is that a bad time of year for that or is it a bad idea no it's
0: not a bad idea but it's not a great time of year dichondra is easily planted by seed and it needs heat so you know we're going into cold Um, you could take dichondra and plant it from plugs this time of year and it'll stay green all winter but if you really want to establish it the best time to do it's late april may and you could just plant it from seed that time of year it'll grow and spread and be really easy
2: yeah, I know it's not very rugged. It's not for uh, a path area or anything like that. But uh, it's it's, it's harder than people would give it
0: credit for. I mean, it really It takes a little more water, but not a tremendous amount. And uh, you know, if it's a partially shaded area, it can dominate other grasses and even Bermuda grass.
2: Oh, good. That's a good idea. All right. Thanks very much, Brian. Thanks, Dennis. Bye, bye.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got. I think it looks like Dick from Chandler. Good morning, Dick.
1: Hi, Brian. Yes, I'm calling back I have a, a problem with uh, my very large uh, mature grapefruit tree uh-huh. no it's probably 30, 30 plus years old and it just <laughs> proliferate uh, producer of fruit and it's starting to die back from the top okay it's, you know the branches are dying and the leaves are curling and, and well this was a a really this grapefruit. was
0: a really hard summer for grapefruit and grapefruit don't take yeah. the heat as well as other citrus do. I mean they, you know normal you know, Arizona temperatures only 115, and occasionally they're fine. But when we have temperatures like this and consistent, a lot of the leaves get burnt, and then if they get weaker, they can have some sap bleed out and different problems. And you can get sun in; and it'll burn the wood. Um, how how defoliated is the tree? Now you know what I've got. I've got a hard break we got to take, and I think we want to probably talk about this a little more. So if you'd hold on, I'll take you after the break after the news. Is that okay? Okay, no problem. All right, thanks, Dick. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have a line or two available, a number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.